Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Electric Cities Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Warson. Today, we're going to talk about local community engagement and the impact it's having on the use and design of our city's public spaces. With successful projects like the Bentway under the Gardener, this type of community engagement is gaining momentum, bringing fresh new energy, funding, and ideas into the early stages of planning and design, as well into the latter stages of implementation and programming. To talk about this, I'm joined by Dave Harvey, founder and executive director at Park People a citywide park advocacy and partnership organization based here in Toronto. Dave, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So in one of my previous podcasts, I spoke with Professor Alyssa North, um, Mm. who's Professor of Landscape Architecture at U of T. Mm. Um, And we talked about landscape architecture and some of the new trends in park space design. And one of the points she made about creating a successful public space was, and I quote, to get enough people to love public spaces so that they become part of the solution. And I think that statement is a really good segue for today's conversation. Mm. So uh, has community involvement in public space always been around, or is this a new and growing trend? Um it's uh, it's obviously obviously been there right anytime you get people using a, a public space in any way shape or form in in one way or another that's community involvement but I think um, and and there's been great people for for decades who have been um, stewarding their public spaces and being involved in the public spaces in different ways but I think we're really seeing around the world but particularly North America and we're seeing it more in Canada now that um, it's really been a different way people have been using their public spaces in the last few decades. I think it's partly around um, densities, you know, uh, people aren't having a backyard. Um, but I think it's also the way people are want some kind of connection to each other. And I think as we're getting more isolated in different ways, um, the largest segment of Canadians now live on their own. I think you're seeing public spaces and parks take a new role as, as being gathering spaces and places that you meet your neighbors, connect, places where people want to see interesting things happen beyond the traditional uh, picnicking and, and organized sports. So we're just seeing public spaces used in so many different ways for, for arts and programming and for sort of just hangouts and places to be. So um, that's a combination of, of great design. But also I think it's a part of people sort of taking ownership of their spaces and wanting to shape those spaces and uh, and um, really make the space meet their needs. So if there wasn't an increase in population or a densification of an urban area, would there still be a, a need for uh, more creative uses of public space, or is it really driven because of this this it's, crunch? Uh, it's more of a need, and so it's been quite interesting as our work has expanded beyond Toronto. And we're doing uh, a number of different uh, projects around uh, the Greater Toronto Area, and in in some areas that that have a mix of denser uses that are fairly new. Say in areas like Mississauga, you have more traditional. 
um, single unit dwellings with park spaces in between that are used in a certain way. But they're seeing there, there's just something about those denser neighborhoods with spaces that are used more intensively. And sometimes, you know, with different demographics, with um, new immigrants coming in, younger people using spaces differently. So it, it's some of those demographic changes that have been associated with it too. But, um, you know, in our work across Canada, we're learning more and more that it is something special about that uh, tight use of, of public spaces um, that really, you know, makes them, makes that requirement that the community really needs to play a role in that and the communities really, you know, because they're going to be using it so intensively um, that we just see more of that happening. So let's get into Park People. Um, what is it and uh, when did you start it and, and why? Yeah, so it's it's an independent charity and again, we were, our focus was Toronto, but now we're, we're right across the country and it's really trying to maximize the opportunities of, of parks and public spaces to, to benefit communities. So we really see that parks can, can play a vital role to, to power communities. So we really, our motto is unleashing the power of parks and uh, when communities get involved, parks get better. And so it's that great interconnection between um, having public spaces that meet community needs um, and parks unleashing that great potential that we're seeing more and more for the environmental benefits but also economic um, health both uh, physical health and mental health but increasingly social that they're really becoming these social gathering spaces too so we're all about supporting community groups to um, play roles in parks partnering with uh, municipal parks departments uh, unleashing the power of philanthropy um, from foundations government um, but also local businesses so you know bringing everything to the table that can open up those opportunities so we do a whole range of various granting programs. Um, we have um, do a whole bunch of work on uh, research that is looking at uh, unleashing the possibilities, finding creative new ideas for those park spaces, particularly meeting some of those social needs from different communities. Um, so it, it's, it's every you know, wide range of services right across the board, training, workshops, conferences, newsletters, everything there is to know about uh, city parks and unleashing that kind of potential. So when you started it, and sorry, you started... Uh, 2011. 2011. Um, has it unfolded the way you thought it would, or has it taken on far more dimensions? Um, it's, it's exploded in a way that I had no concept of. That So there really was this um, really pent-up interest in city parks in Canada. And in the U.S., uh, there's an organization called Trust for Public Land that's invested $6 billion into city parks over the last 30 years, uh, very well-funded, um, there's Project for Public Spaces that works to, to animate public spaces. Um, yeah, there's And almost every city has a very well-established, um, long-standing tradition of philanthropy, community involvement in the parks. And, you know, some of it is because of, of negative reasons. There's severe cutbacks to, to supports for city parks departments that we didn't have here in Canada. And so often it was community and philanthropy stepping in to replace government. Um, and so what we've tried to do here in Canada, so we're the, f we're the first citywide organization about city parks in Canada, and now we're the first national organization focused on that, and still the only city one and the only national one. Um, but uh, just all, you know, and again, people right across Canada have been doing fantastic things in their parks and making great things happening with really good city parks departments. But it's really 
this excitement over um, new ways that people are using parks and how we can all work together to achieve those. That's been um, just a, an exciting part of it as, as we've grown from just uh, just being a startup to a group that was involved in every ward in Toronto to now that we're, we're working in cities right across Canada. So you really are sort of central to bringing in um, donors and to bringing in new ideas and to engaging uh, municipal governments, I guess in this case, the city of Toronto. Um, so you're, you really are almost a quarterback to... We really try to help bring everyone together. And again, so it, all, everyone has shared the same goals about great parks uh, serving communities. Um, but there's just been different traditions in Canada for various reasons about that, uh, you know, one city parks departments have generally done a, a fairly good job of meeting community needs. We've generally had decent funding rates with them. But again, as, um, and that with um, more and more density happening, people using their parks more and more extensively, a lot more pressure on our parks. City parks departments haven't been able to keep up with, with uh, those, particularly on the operating side. And, uh, and on the philanthropy and community side, I think in the past, we didn't appreciate parks quite as much in our city. So people had backyards, people had cottages. Um, we cared a lot about protecting nature um, in remote areas, but uh, it sort of took for granted our green spaces in urban areas. And so I think we're just seeing a much greater appreciation of that as uh, more and more people living in cities um, and uh, trying to you know gain the most out of those for, for people who live there. It's interesting you're mentioning about the relationship with the city and the departments may not have the resources to, to take on some of the initiatives and ideas that you have. Um, I'm just wondering from a from a perhaps a challenge perspective, is there a risk that um, the city parks and planning department would become uh, increasingly dependent on your efforts as a as a charitable organization to 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 bring well, these ideas? Um, to light? I'm not so concerned about dependent, like in in terms of like so. It's it's great that they would depend on us to support partnerships and bring community and and help solve and and maximize the opportunities for parks. Where we are concerned is that when we would replace some things that, that cities should be doing. Like, so it's critical that we have very well-funded uh, parks departments in every city um, that are doing their utmost to meet community needs. And so we're talking about bringing resources to help augment things, help to some extra programming, some things to, you know, um, really... Um, bring that spark and creativity some of those things that can augment what the city's doing but uh, but also bringing forward a constituency to help defend parks departments budgets that so you know we I, you know that parks are critical parts of our urban infrastructure as, as strong as uh, you know schools libraries water you know everything that's uh, infrastructure that's needed to make for a strong community and so we need to make sure that those are well funded from uh, the government level Speaking of augmenting um, public space and funding, um, I mentioned in my intro the Bentway, and <clears throat> the Bentway was started by uh, the philanthropist couple Judy and Wilmot Maxwell, mm -hmm. and um, and that that project moved lightning fast from um, conception to delivery, and um, opened earlier this year with the, the skating rink, um, and so far it seems like the Bentway has been a real success. And now I, I've read that uh, Ken Greenberg, the renowned urban planner, who I think was also involved in the Bentway, uh, and his wife, Eddie, along with the Balsam Foundation, 
um, recently announced that they'll be uh, contributing um, $340,000 towards a new initiative called Park Space Incubator uh, that you guys are running. Is that, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Public Space Incubator, yeah. Pub- sorry, Public yeah. Space Incubator. So what is that all about? Is this, again, <laughs> um, uh, a continuation of, uh, of this idea of bringing in donors and trying to explore new ideas for public space? Yeah, particularly that it's uh, new ideas so that, again, um, we're very strong defenders of well-funded city parks departments that are, you know, creating parks and supporting parks and maintaining parks. Um, but we also need to find new creative solutions to, to meet the, the park needs of, of our densifying city. So we've got to use every square inch that's out there. And so this is to support some great innovative ideas that uh, could percolate up as an incubator. So areas that could use you know, traditional parkland, but also um, streetscapes, um, laneways, um, schoolyards, hydro corridors. Um, you know, and again, with the Bentway, such a fantastic idea of taking a space that was so neglected that no one even know, knew who owned the land because nobody cared, um, and turning it into this great dynamic space. So, and that that links together communities and puts together this creative programming. So, um, yeah, so thrilled to have the the great philanthropy of uh, Ken and Eddie Greenberg and the Balsam Foundation, and and we've been involved with Ken and Eddie. They've both been on our board, and Judy Matthews has been on our board, and uh, so you know, we've had great partnerships with. Uh, so, how, how do you see that playing out? Then you have this this huge donation. Mm. Um, how is that going to work? Yeah, so we've had we've just closed the first round of applications, and we had over seventy uh, really interesting ideas presented to us, and it's going to be a very difficult challenge to to narrow that down from a first round of over seventy to uh, people submitting a second phase, so a more detailed application that's going to follow after that, and we. We'll be announcing uh, the five successful first applicants uh, later on this spring, um, and really hope to see like interesting ideas right across the city, ideas that um, we're hoping that they can be this sort of pilot. So it's something it's a it's a you know little bit edgy, something that maybe the city hasn't had experience with. We're not sure with, and we've had very good talks with the mayor's office and other city parks city departments. Um, from transportation, public realm, uh, parks, range of different areas that are want to help support. Let's try. Let's try these out. Let's try to. If there's any issues involved with some of the approvals for it, how can we facilitate some of those discussions? And with a great supporting jury that's going to help um, make some of the final decisions on this. And they've also agreed to help, you know, give advice to some of the projects and help incubate those along. So we really hope it's a, it's a two-year program. There'll be another round of uh, projects for next year. Uh, with another you know, whole new granting cycle, that we really result in some really innovative ideas that could be replicated elsewhere around the city and in Canada. So who are the people that are submitting these ideas? Are these just private citizens or are It's they- a range of different groups. So uh, it's, you know, we've, we've had uh, uh, students, we've had um, uh, very well-organized nonprofits, um, we've had BIAs, um, and some of the most interesting ones have been collaborations that are, you know, mixtures of um, design studios and students and community groups and park friends groups and and uh, social agencies and arts groups. So, you know, it's all these different people coming together with some some great ideas. 
I want to ask about the sustainability of these ideas. Um, even the Bentway comes to mind. They have the uh, conservancy, or I guess it's an endowment to ensure the long-term sustainability of, of the Bentway. Um, how much does that play a, a role in, in evaluating these submissions? Uh, I guess from your perspective as well as from the city's perspective to make sure that whatever is submitted as an idea has some staying power. Well, particularly with the, it's, a, it's an incubator. So we're interested in some creative pilots. So uh, we obviously want to make sure that the projects are, are realistic and doable um, and, and that they, they actually happen. Um, but um, not necessarily that they're going to be around for years and years. So, um, so it is, you know, it's some tests. They, they might be um, just some temporary uses that might be for a few weeks. There's a particular thing happening or a few months. Um, or you know, it could be something longer term with that too. But um, it's really trying out some new ideas that, you know, potentially might be sustained with additional ongoing funding elsewhere. But um, it's, it's one of the factors we look at, but not uh, the most uh, significant one. Hmm. So what are some of the challenges working with the city um, to, to see these programs come to life? Well, it's, it's one of the, the, you know, why I wanted to start Park People. I just love public spaces and, and the challenges with um, negotiating um, who's going to use them and how. And, and they are shared spaces and we all have different ideas over them. And uh, so inherently there are some conflicts. Um, but also to some great possibilities. So, um, you know, it's the city's job to, to own these spaces and, 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 and curate and, and uh, support and maintain these spaces. So they've got a difficult job to do all that and to be the, the final um, determinant over, uh, you know, what will happen in a park. And there can be often conflicting uses between different groups or, or different people. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've had some disagreements along the way and, you know, we'd like to see something happen and maybe it takes a little bit longer than we'd like, or, um, uh, it's a little more complicated than we'd like, but, um, the great thing is both, I think from the city's perspective, and from our perspective, we both learned that, um, we all share the same goals. Uh, we're all trying to make the same things happen. So, um, just, you know, sharing openly about um, some of the challenges that they face, um, us sharing from the community and them listening to people in the community and, and some of the frustrations and challenges that the community faced. And so I think we've been seeing a lot of very good progress in the city on, on learning from the community side about, yes, you know, this is why it is complicated for the city to do this or why there needs to be a permitting system. Um, but then from the city realizing, okay, well, can we make that permitting system less expensive? Can we make it less frustrating? Um, those types of things so that we can um, all get the kind of park system we want. So do you typically need to get a counselor on board early to help be a champion of, of an idea? It's With these different spaces, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, the counselors play a very significant role in their ward. So uh, it's definitely when a, when a group approaches us with, you know, we have an idea of what we'd like to see happen in our park, uh, we definitely encourage them to, to meet with a counselor as early as possible and, and get them on side. So what about the donors? Um, I'm thinking again, going back to the Bentway, uh, I think they had some stipulations with their uh, very generous donation to put this Bentway 
uh, idea uh, in, to life. Um, they wanted a very tight timeline. Um, with the donors' uh, st uh, requirements, um, does that sometimes rub the city the wrong way in terms of their vision for use of public space or timeline for a public space? Well, and again, so we always encourage a lot of dialogue so that, again, it's, it's not in anyone's interest for um, the city to be embarrassed publicly or for a, a donor to go, you know, that the, the city is, um, is frustrating us and, 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 and fighting us. And so... Um, it's about developing common understandings um, and uh, good working relationships. So we, with something like example like the Bentway, so we helped um, set up the governance model for them as a conservancy. And again, establishing very early on um, who's going to be doing what, how can we all work together on achieving the goals that we want. And so it, you know, trying to avoid some of those conflicts uh, early on. Um, so yeah, it's not you know. Um, and uh, I think um, uh, there's been a, a real um, evolution in the city on working with philanthropy. I think in the past, um, I think more from a public perspective, I think, you know, in Canada, we've been a little more reticent about um, philanthropy in our public spaces with the concern about, well, is that privatizing the public space? Is that one person, you know, um, uh, imposing their will of what they want in this public space on and for the rest of the community. And I think there's been a good evolution there in terms of um, people's um, understanding of it, a willing to, to look at different ideas, and, and particularly this that it's not replacing what the city should be doing, how it's, it's augmenting those types of things. So, mm. um, so how did you get into this? What, what's your background? Um, I just like okay. parks. Like, so I don't, uh, you know, my background uh, um, is uh, I was a political staff person for, for many decades around uh, Queens Park and I worked on many federal campaigns, municipal campaigns. And, and in the work I did, it was mostly on giving advice to political parties or um, governments at the political level around uh, environmental priorities and municipal priorities and and the work that I always enjoyed the most was around uh, public spaces and so um, when uh, my last job with government was working for Premier McGinsey on environment municipal issues and uh, um, when I left his office I wanted to start something and make something happen around green spaces so uh, um, it wasn't um, my intention to start an NGO but uh, I uh, was got a generous fellowship from the Metcalf Foundation to go think about city parks for a year, and uh, out of that came a paper for the foundation, um, which laid out my thoughts uh, for how to improve the park system in in Toronto, particularly around building these partnerships and with community. And uh, out of that came Park People. <laughs> and now, <clears throat> since 2011, it's really blossomed. Where, where do you see it going from here? How do you see it expanding? Well, uh, again, so the, our big step was uh, launching our work uh, across Canada beginning uh, just last year. Yeah, so that was we had uh, Canada's first City Parks Conference in Calgary in March of last year. Um, we were looking at having future conferences. Um, we've just uh, going to be announcing the, uh, the successful applicants for the TD Park People grants, which are in five cities. Uh, 
That's in Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, and Toronto. What is TD Park? That, that's from so, the TD Bank? It's- yeah, so TD's been one of our core supporters right from the very get-go, been, uh, been uh, fantastic supporters of our work and, and green spaces and parks right across Canada. Um, so with that grant program, it's, uh, it's designed for community groups activating their parks. So it's a grant of up to $2,000 to do three events in your park over a course of a year. So um, we had uh, hundreds of applications. We were uh, astounded at the, uh, the interest and the excitement in the program, and we'll be announcing the successful applicants. Uh, it'll be uh, 11 successful applicants in each city, with each doing three different events that'll be happening for this year. Wow, so you're going to be busy. Yeah, it's really, it's, uh, we've got um, another grant program we're going to be excited to announce in the very near future, um, in addition to the public space incubator. And uh, so, yeah, we, you know, with, we've had very great funders like the, the Western Foundation. Uh, TD Bank has been incredibly generous for supporting our national network and our annual park summits that we do in Toronto. It, we get over 400 people coming to our summits that are, are great, exciting park enthusiasts. And we had uh, 100 people from 35 cities that came to, to Calgary. And uh, so it's just been really interesting uh, excitement in, in other cities across Canada as we've been expanding our work. So as you expand, what what are some of the concerns you have on the horizon? Um, well, it's uh, meeting the demand. That's right. definitely like we've just been uh, astounded at the interest and the excitement of of uh, working with us and and um, unleashing the, the the potential power of parks. So I'm so excited about uh, from uh, our, you know from municipal parks departments right across the country to community groups and and NGOs. So it's. Uh, um, if anything, yeah, our biggest challenge literally since the day we started was just meeting demand and, and, and uh, helping fulfill some of the opportunities. So, so what are some, uh, do you have any other examples you can share of, of work that park people um, are actively working on that, we, that is publicly uh, known? We do a range of, of consulting services around parks. So we've been uh, providing, we do public life studies. We did one for the TO core exercise. So that's going into parks to actually talk to people about um, how they use their parks and what they would like to see in their parks. Um, we've um, done, uh, we've been giving advice right now to the um, uh, uh, financial district BIA on, on how to maximize the opportunities for Clown Garden Park. So are there partnership opportunities there that could uh, really um, make that into a more dynamic uh, public space? Um, we've, uh, we do a lot of research, particularly focused around the social um, opportunities and social benefits of parks. So. We've done some some really core uh, research work there, and, and that's a key focus of our programming work of of going into underserviced neighborhoods and and really working very uh, deeply with communities and community agencies to really turn um, local public spaces and parks into that community building asset, sort of these green community hubs. And uh, you know, with with some challenged neighborhoods, they need every tool at their disposal to to meet community needs and make those into thriving communities. And in many cases, we just haven't been taking advantage of parks um, that way. So we've been helping um, parks uh, in underserviced neighborhoods around Toronto build tandoor ovens, start community cafes, do community bazaars. Um, 
a whole you know a whole range of community events that are that are you know community driven that are just some fantastic ideas that we help support with some small micro grants um, helping them you know build some of their capacity to to um, move some of these are uh, really exciting fun projects forward it does sound exciting it's it's, it's, it's really it's, great yeah um, <clears throat> how you've sort of integrated into how city parks are are utilized and really expanding people's horizons on new opportunities and and um, and really ultimately to help elevate um, communities and engagement and and interaction uh, amongst people um, and the use of our city space, which is uh, becoming more and more precious. Well, and and that again for um, a thriving city like Toronto. Um, you know, we need to use every tool to make to help support and maintain our city as a great city. And uh, we're going to have to be relying on parks more and more. And uh, so we've got to have very strong municipal resources behind that. But bringing everyone's other uh, great resources from community energy and ideas to philanthropy to, to every resource we can bring. Well, this has been great. Um, thanks a lot. I look forward to uh, future announcements uh, from Park People and I guess from the city as well. Um, really interesting stuff. Thanks from, very much for your time. Oh, thanks for having me.